All right. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. I don't know if you realize this because some of you were deep into worship during uh, the, our, our worship time here together this morning, but um, uh, the Nittany Lion actually came in to worship with us for a little bit, and he was sitting in the back and, you know, waving hello, but no one was paying attention. So, uh, But uh, good time this morning. How many of you guys are operating on little sleep because of last night's happenings and game, right? Like some of you, whether you were working the concession stand or whether you were watching the game in the stand, I realize for some of us we're operating on little to no no sleep. And so uh, I'm, I am deeply grateful that you made it out here on a Sunday morning to worship with us. And my hope, friends, is that this time together would be refreshing to your soul. Uh, my, my hope is that no matter how tired you might be, that you might walk out of this place uh, having been filled up uh, by the Holy Spirit of God. And so we're so glad you've come here today. For those of you who are new, welcome. We're glad you're here. My name is Dan Min, and I have the joy of serving as the pastor here at ACF, Alliance Christian Fellowship. And if you missed our first service last week, we kicked off a short little two-part series that we're actually concluding today, uh, where we spent some time talking about some best practices for college students, some best practices as we navigate the the, the choppy waters of the college years, we looked at the words of Paul to young Timothy to glean some advice and some wisdom as to how to make the most of these years, this little window of time that we have here called the college years. If you missed that message, you can go to our website and you can be all caught up with that. But today, um, I want to pick up where we left off last week. Last week, I ended the message with this plea with you to say, consider joining a Christ-centered community. Would you? Consider joining a Christ-centered community in the form of both a campus ministry and a church. We need both, and I, and I suggested that we need both. Both are essential for our spiritual development as followers of Jesus. And so today, I want to share for a few brief moments about this particular Christ-centered community. I want to share with you a little bit about who we are as a church here at ACF. And so if you're brand new to our gathering, if you're brand new to ACF, this is a great Sunday for you to be here because you're going to get to learn a little bit more about who we are and what we stand for. And now for those of you who have been around some, this isn't your first time around the block, I'm hoping that today might serve as a helpful and important reminder to you of why we do what we do of why we gather here in this place in this way week after week and why the motivation uh, as to why we do so much of what we do here at church. And so I've broken my message up into three different segments. I'm gonna be talking about our model, our mission, and our values. Our model, our mission, and our values. The preacher in me was really hoping to come up with an M-word for that last one, but, but I, I couldn't think of an M-word, so we're just going to go with values, our model, our mission, and our values. I want to talk about our model real briefly for a, a quick second. When I describe what ACF is to people, I usually say it in this short little way, because most people don't know who we are, what we are, because we don't... We're not like this national organization that people would recognize us, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a few moments. But I say that ACF, in this short little sort of phrase, ACF is a church for students led by students. 
Real simple at its core, ACF is a church for students led by students. In fact, maybe you've seen this uh, or heard this or seen this on a poster somewhere or some print somewhere. But in short, we simply like to describe ourselves as a church for students led by students. Now, I realize that sounds a bit like an identity statement. This is who we are. But more than who we are, more than speaking to our identity, this is speaking to our ministry model. In other words, this is kind of how we do ministry around here. This is how we function and operate. ACF is primarily a church for students. It's no secret. Look around you. You're surrounded by students, your peers. It's no secret that our target audience as a church is undergraduate Penn State students. Now, if you're here and you're a graduate student, you call this place your church Praise God. We love that you worship with us. You are more than welcome to worship with us on a week-to-week a week -week basis. But you got to understand, our target audience, our mission is to reach and develop undergraduate Penn State students. We believe that God has strategically placed us here 45 years ago today, or not today, this year rather, 40, ACF turns 45 this year, on this very campus to be the local expression of the church for college students all across this campus. In, in fact, in some ways, I, I sort of like to see ourselves as sort of the local church of PSU, right? Like, you know how you drive through certain towns, you got the First Baptist Church of that town, you got the First Methodist Church of that town. I kind of like to, to see this community of people as, as sort of the local expression, the local church of PSU. The reason why I say that is because once you leave Penn State main campus, University Park, you're not going to find another ACF anywhere, because ACF is localized and it is unique to this particular campus to be, again, the local expression of the church to reach and develop undergraduate Penn State students. And so we say that we're a church for students, but also led by students. Our church, I don't know if you know this, is run by students. It is run by your peers. And so before you become harshly critical of what we do and how we do things around here, remember, these are your peers that are doing the ministry of the church. I know that many organizations on campus are student-run, student-led, and I know that we're, many of us are even part of organizations like that where, you know, we have student leadership, but not many churches are student-led. Here at ACF, we are, I don't know if you know this, but we're governed by an elder board comprised fully of students. This elder board is responsible for the vision and the direction and the future of our church. I work alongside these student elders week to week and oversee the ministry and the vision of the overall vision of our church. And so you have to understand, the future of ACF is not in the hands of some grown adults who are sitting in some national office somewhere telling us how to do ministry and what to do about ministry here on campus. The future of our ministry is entirely in the hands of our student leaders. In fact, much of what we're going to be talking about here today, like our mission and our values, all of these things that we build our ministry up from the ground up on, these were all created by our student leadership team. The, our ministry is fueled not just the task of ministry, but the vision and the, and the movement and, and the future and direction of our ministry is on the shoulders of our student leadership team. Now, 
While we're largely a student-led church, we do have a group of older adult volunteers called sponsors here at ACF who are here to invest in the lives of our college students. They're not paid staff. They're just volunteers within, the, within our local community who have a heart to invest in college students, who want to mentor and, and advise and coach and help uh, college students flourish in their spiritual walks. And so if you want to get connected with any of them, if you're looking for someone like a little bit more seasoned in life who can speak into your life, please come and see me and I'd be happy to connect you with any of our sponsors but that's more or less our model we are a church for students led by students but what's our mission what is our mission you see if the model is how we exist the mission then is why we exist if the model is how we do things around here, the mission is why we do things around here. Why do we exist in the first place? Here at ACF, we like simplicity. I don't know if you caught this yet, but we like, we like simple around here. So we like to simply say it this way. We exist to build God's kingdom here through a growing relationship with Christ. That's how we say it. Our mission, we believe, as God has imprinted upon our hearts the DNA of our church, we exist to build God's kingdom here through a growing relationship with Christ. That's why we're here. That's why we show up week after week here in Alumni Hall and do what we do, because we want to build God's kingdom here through a growing relationship with Christ. That's why we gather every Wednesday night in Frizzell Room to pray at 7 p.m., because we want to build God's kingdom here through a growing relationship with Christ. That's why we do so much of why, what we do. It's because of this mission of building God's kingdom here through a growing relationship with Christ. Now, if you notice, there are two parts to this statement. The first part is building God's kingdom here. First of all, can I just say, friends, we are not here to build any one person's kingdom. We are not here to build an organization or to grow a club. We're not even here to build the church. That's not our job. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus took up that sole responsibility upon himself where he told Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot overcome it. And so we don't exist to build this. We don't exist to build the church. At least that's the way we perceive our mission. We believe our primary concern is building God's kingdom here first and foremost. You see, we believe that our primary task is to build and expand God's kingdom here on earth. Now, some of you, particularly for those of you who might not be uh, grown up in church or been around Christian circles, you might be wondering to yourself, what in the world does that mean? Like building, I understand growing an organization and, and, and maybe even growing a church, right? Just get more people in seats, right? That, that's, a lot of churches concern themselves with that. And, and to that, I say, no, 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 that is not our primary concern. Our primary concern is to build God's kingdom here. And again, somebody like, okay, sounds good, maybe even idealistic, a little nebulous. What does that mean? Well, in order to explain what I'm talking about, when I talk about building God's kingdom here, I want to borrow the words from Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 61. In fact, as I read these words, these words might sound familiar to you. 
Because these are the words that Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, he got up in front of a crowd. He unrolled the scroll of Isaiah, which is literally out of this very passage. And he begins to read these words as if this is Christ's way of saying, this is my why. This is my mission. This is why I came. This is why I exist in this moment for this time in human history. This is my mission. Now, as I read Isaiah 61, I want you to listen with that filter in mind, with the filter of the mission of Christ, of why he came. This is why he came. Isaiah 61, verse 1, it says this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he, he being God, that God may be glorified. Now, when we say that we are about building God's kingdom here, what we're saying here at ACF is we want to be about this work. We want to be about this mission. If this is what the Father's business is about, this is the business that we want to be occupied with as a church. We don't want to be caught up in anything else but this work. Why? Because hear me, the very mission of Christ, as laid out here in Isaiah 61, the very mission of Christ is the same exact mission that we as the church are called to carry out. This mission is not exclusive to Christ alone. Christ then comes to the church and says, all that I have done, remember what he says? You will do even greater things. In other words, I want you to take what I came to do and expand it. The mission that I came to fulfill, now I am giving you to carry out as a church. Therefore, what does this mean? Building God's kingdom here means that we as a church bring good news of hope and love wherever we go. That's what kingdom builders do. We, that means that we as a church speak words of healing to those who are brokenhearted. That means that the words that come off of our lips should have healing salve, healing anointing as we speak to those who are brokenhearted. That means that we proclaim the Lord's liberty to those who are living in captivity. I'm not talking about bound up in you know, chains and shackles in prison necessarily, although it, it is encompassing that. But I'm talking about those who are living in spiritual captivity. Our lives should live, be lived out in a way where we proclaim the Lord's liberty and freedom. That we speak freedom and life to those who are spiritually bound up. We declare God's favor and his unending love over people's lives all over this campus in every arena of our lives that we impart joy and gladness. Some of us need a healthy dose of joy and gladness in our lives. We declare that we follow Jesus, we got the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us, and yet we're living like a bunch of Grinches, like just a screw, like you're just not 
You know what? You have no joy in your life. We are called to be a people of joy and gladness, and we are called to impart that joy and gladness to those who are in mourning. We live as a people clothed with a garment of praise, the praise of our God. In other words, building God's kingdom here means we bring all that is right and good with God into all that is broken and hurting in the world. In short, if you want to know what we're talking about when we say we are about building God's kingdom here, what we're saying is we want to be a people that bring all that is good and right with God into all that is broken and hurting in the world. You see, kingdom builders are people who bring up there down here, who bring the supernatural reality of God, all that is good and right and holy with God, and we bring it into, we usher it into all that is broken and hurting in the world. Kingdom builders bring up there, down here. Now, the vehicle by which we do that is a growing relationship with Christ. You see, we build God's kingdom here through a growing relationship with Christ, which means that it is not possible for you to be about the mission of Christ apart from a relationship with Christ. You cannot be about the work of God without having a relationship with God. We believe that every follower of Jesus should be walking in an active, life-giving relationship with Jesus. In fact, I might even suggest that the depth of your relationship with Christ will, de- will directly determine your kingdom impact and influence in the world. How deeply you walk with the Lord will determine your potential for kingdom impact. And by the way, we believe that your relationship with Christ should be ever-growing. That's why we say through a growing relationship with Christ. You see, on this side of heaven, we don't ever believe that we're going to be fully grown, that we're going to be fully done growing. In fact, Paul says we are being transformed from glory to glory, that we are being grown into the image of Christ day to day. And so on this side of heaven, we will never be fully grown. Our relationship with Christ should be ever growing. In fact, we like to say it around here this way. If you're not growing, you're what? You're dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. If your relationship with Christ is not growing, your relationship with Christ is, by nature, dying. It is dying. And so we want to help people find a growing, life-giving relationship with Christ. We want to help them grow in that relationship with Christ so that they can, in turn, become kingdom builders. We exist to build God's kingdom here through a growing relationship with Christ. Now, the way by which we do this, the way by which we grow in our relationship with Christ is through building our lives on our values. I talked about this a little bit last week. Don't don't prioritize your life on, on, on anything else but your values. Figure out what you value and then build your life upon that. And here at ACF, we have five pillars that we use to build and grow up our faith. And these are five essentials for maturing in our walk with Christ. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time going through each of these for time's sake, but I do want to spend just a a few moments on each and, and just say a few words on each of them. The first value that we hold to here at ACF is God's word. It's God's word. And with God's word, we like to say it this way. We study the scriptures to know and obey God. 
When it comes to God's word, we study the scriptures to know and obey God. Friends, let me tell you this. If you want to know God, if you want to know who he is, if you want to know what he's like, what he's thinking, what he's feeling, open up the word. Open up the word. The Bible is our best bet at knowing who God is. And so when you come on a Sunday morning here at Alumni Hall, I'm just going to say this. We're going to preach the word. All of what we talk about, so much of what we talk about from the pulpit and what comes off of this stage will be rooted and grounded in Scripture because we believe God's Word is actually alive and it is useful for the following things. In 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for what? For teaching. So we teach out of God's Word. It, it is for reproof, for correction, and so we... we, we in, we live out of this place of scripture as we walk alongside each other for the purposes of holy correction. Not that our opinions about someone's decision course corrects. God's word and his, the authority of scripture course corrects. It's useful for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man or the woman, okay, the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see, we believe we have everything we need right here in God's word. Oh, and by the way, let me just say, it's not enough to just know the word. It's not enough to just know your Bible. I don't care how many verses you have memorized. Jesus doesn't care how many verses or how many chapters of whatever book you have memorized. What he's concerned is, I don't care if you know. I want to know, are you doing the word? Are you obeying the word? Jesus gives us his parable in Matthew chapter 17 where essentially he's saying, you can know all the Bible you want, but if you're not doing the word, you're like a fool building a house on sand. When life's hardships come, your life will come crashing down. The way you build the foundation of your life is not to just know the word, but is actually to live out the word. And so we say, again, we study the scriptures to not just know God, but to also obey God. Scripture is our foundation for godly living. So we value God's word. The second value that we hold to is prayer. And for prayer, we like to say it this way. We connect with God to align our lives with his purpose. In short, if that's too long for us to kind of process, in short, we just like to say it this way. Prayer is our lifeline. Prayer is our lifeline. Listen, if, if the Bible is how we know God, prayer then is how we hear God. If the Bible is how we come to know God, prayer is how we learn to hear from God. Prayer becomes this direct connection point between our hearts and the heart of God. As the psalmist says, as deep cries out to deep, so that our hearts are crying out to reach the depths of who God is, that is precisely what prayer is. As deep cries out to deep, prayer becomes our lifeline. I love the picture that, that the 1800s preacher Charles Spurgeon paints for us when it comes to the effects and the power of prayer. He says this, prayer girds human weakness with divine strength. I don't know if any of you need some divine strength here this morning, but prayer is the, is the avenue for girding up human weakness with divine strength. Prayer turns human folly into heavenly wisdom. And prayer gives to troubled mortals the peace of God. We know not what prayer can do. You see, that's the power of prayer. Prayer shifts things in the natural realm. Prayer is saying, God, we need more of you. We were just saying this just a few moments ago, right? 
God, we give you permission. Our hearts are yours. God, we want you. We want you. What prayer is saying is, God, we need you. Prayer is our lifeline. We can't go on in this life without you. And that's why here at ACF, we've dedicated one of our weekly gatherings, our Wednesday nights, to this singular task of prayer. Fully recognizing that most people in the, in the, in the modern-day Christian world are not flocking towards prayer meetings, right? No one, no one is not banging on the doors of churches to say, let me in on this prayer meeting. You don't see a whole lot of that. And yet, when you go back to the New Testament church, one of the things that you always saw come out of a great, powerful move of God was a praying community. You want to see God move powerfully in any point in history, it was always born out of a place of prayer. You see, a prayed-up church is a powerful church, friends. A prayed-up church is a powerful church ready to advance forward into the darkness, into the gates of hell. And so that's where we say prayer is a value. Prayer is how we connect and we hear from God. We value prayer. A third value we hold to is community. Community. And and with community, we say we grow and mature together through unity in Christ. Friends, if you get to know me at all, I am passionate about growing and maturing in Christ. And one of the primary mechanisms that God uses to do that in our lives is community. Here at ACF, we believe that it is impossible for you to grow spiritually by yourself and on your own. You you just can't. It is impossible for you to grow on an island all by yourself and onto yourself. In fact, Paul talks about this in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where he talks about the necessity of each member of the body of Christ. He says, the eye doesn't say to the hand, I don't need you. He doesn't say to the foot, be gone, I don't need you. No, no, no. Every member of the body needs each other to grow into the fullness of the body of Christ. And that's why here at ACF, we encourage everyone to join a small group community. Wherever it is, whatever kind of community it is, join a small group community. And here at ACF, we have life groups. That's what they're for. These are smaller group communities where as iron sharpens iron, so we sharpen one another. And we push one another towards Jesus as we journey through life's ups and downs. And I know some of you guys are already plugged into small groups, and hopefully that's happening. Where iron sharpens out, you guys are sharpening one another, and you're pushing each other towards Jesus. Now, let me just say this real quickly on this point before I move on, on this issue of community. I realize for those of us who are people people, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like a people person. You love people, right? Like, commu- you can't get enough community. You're at every social thing. You're at every, like, where if there are people, I'm there, right? Like, and so for all of you extroverts, you're hearing this, and you're like, hey, man, come on, give me more people. I, I need more people in my life, right? And, the, and, and on the other side of that spectrum, you got all the introverts in the room who are like, I like my island, like, leave me alone all my, there's a reason why I don't allow people on my island, because when people come onto my island, they mess it up. And I'm like, I like my island, leave me on my island. But let me clarify something important. This value of community and the biblical call, this is not just a value that we hold as a church. This is rooted and grounded in this biblical call to community. This biblical call to community is not contingent on personality types. The fact of the matter is this, God uses people to grow people. He always has and always will. God uses people to grow people. 
And that's why we encourage, that's why we emphasize it is so important to be part of a church community, both extroverts and introverts alike, because without it, you're amputating a vital piece of your spiritual being and you will suffer for it. I promise you, without community, you put yourself on an island, you will suffer. We need each other. Even in those moments when we don't feel like we need each other, I promise you, we need each other. Because community is not just a nice idea. It's a necessity. And so we value community here. The fourth value we hold to is service. And we say it this way. We love and serve the world as Jesus does. Now, notice this is in the present tense. As Jesus does, not as he did, but as he does. And that's because we believe that Jesus still deeply loves and serves people today. How does he do that? Through the church. Through you and through me, through the body of Christ, following the head who is Jesus, he calls us to love and serve the world as he does today. If you remember in John chapter 13, Jesus gives us this profound example where he washes the feet of his disciples. You guys remember that story, right? Like he, he gets down and he wraps his, his waist with the towel and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. And in that moment, Jesus, as their leader, he lowers himself while simultaneously elevating his followers. He lowers himself, he lowers his status while raising the status of his followers. And and after this incredibly humbling act of service, he turns to his disciples and he says this, what I have done for you, I'm setting as an example. This is an object lesson for you to learn. I'm not just doing this because because I'm feeling the urge to wash some feet. No, 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 I'm doing this to set an example for you. Now go and do for others as I have done unto you. And so here at ACF, we give our time our energy, our resources, and our talents for the benefit of someone else. For the benefit of, you see, we don't believe we're called to be part of a church to simply consume. And my goodness, I hope, I hope that we don't go our lives looking to church as a place to go and consume. If that is your paradigm of church, We've got to do some radical shifting of our paradigm and go back to a biblical way of seeing church because church is not a place. A biblical framework for being the church entails every single person being an active, contributing member to the body of Christ so that someone else is elevated. In other words, we're not here to just consume. We're here to give as well. And, and, And that's why we're doing this volunteer drive here for the month of September it's not just because we need help. We do need help. We do. We're shorthanded, and we're, we, we need some greeters. We need some help with media. And I, I, I tasked my wife. I said, babe, you got to run media because we got no one to run our slides. So go and go figure this out. And, and so and we got a, a whole host. I, I don't know if you know this. This is alumni hall. There's a lot going on here, right? Like, and it's not just ACF. And, and so that means every Sunday, there is a group that comes in and sets up and tear down and all kinds of stuff. The worship team, they, these are all students who have like a full load and they're trying to give an output and serve this community and open up the door so that people who don't know Jesus can come to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is because of all of these ministries that are happening here on a Sunday morning. And so our plea to you is, We don't want you to just worship with us, church. 
We love that you worship with us. We love that you come here. But if you call this place your home church for the time being as a Penn State student, we're asking you, go back to this biblical way of thinking of church. And don't just worship with us, but serve with us. Be the church with us. And so we would highly encourage you to stop by the welcome table and stop by the volunteer board. And, and, and if there's a need that you feel like, hey, you know what, I, I can give a, a little bit of extra time on a Sunday morning to serve in this way. Go ahead and jot down your name and email address on a slip of paper and uh, pin it up on the board and, and we'll, our, our team leaders will be in contact with you. Now, let me just add this real quickly and then I'll move on to the next final uh, value here. For those of you who, because I, I, again, I realize sort of the unique nature of our church family here. That, that we've, got, we've got folks who are involved in other campus ministries here worshiping with us week to week. And so let me just clarify, we're not asking you to abandon your ministry of choice. This is not our way, our ploy of, of sheep stealing. That, that, oh my goodness, that is not what this is about. That's not what we're here to do. Here at ACF, you got to understand, and, and even if you hear from me as your pastor, I see us, okay, just, just put the name ACF to the side for a second. The name is irrelevant. I see us as the collective body of Christ on campus. If you're a follower of Jesus, no matter what ministry you're rolling with, you are part of the body of the capital C church, the collective body of Christ. So that means whether you're part of crew or navs or DCF or double ACF, epic, whatever, like no matter whatever ministry you associate with, you got to understand we are parts of the collective body of Christ who are called to serve in the body of Christ. And so we want to make it real easy. We want to make it real easy for you to serve in some low-pressure ways. And, and so that's what those, that volunteer board is about, and that's what this volunteer drive is about. We need, we need uh, all hands on deck and contributing to the body of Christ and the mission of Christ. Now, again, I realize there's so many ways to love and serve the world. There are so many ways to love and serve the campus as Jesus does. But, again, this is one easy avenue to do that, to create some space on a Sunday morning to invite our friends who don't know Jesus to come to meet and encounter the living presence of Christ. That's our hope. That's our hope. That's why we serve and that's why we do what we do. Service is a value of ours because we want to love and serve the world as Jesus does. Last but not least, our fifth value is worship. Worship. And when it comes to worship, we like to say it this way. We rejoice in the new life God has granted us through the cross. We rejoice. Now, when we're talking about worship, we're not talking about worship music. We're also not talking about a worship service. Although those are all things that we highly value around here, those are not things that we're talking about when we talk about worship. You see, when we're talking about worship, we're talking about a worship lifestyle. A worship lifestyle. You see, for so many Christians, maybe you... you, you can, can associate yourself with this. For so many Christians, worship is relegated to the Sunday morning service, is it not? Like worship for so many people, when they think about worship, they think worship is that thing you do on Sunday mornings. Or, or, or worse yet, worship is that thing you go to, all right? Like, it, like as if it's a destination, a location, a geographical place that we go to. Worship is that thing that you go to on a Sunday morning. But we believe worship is so much more than that. From a biblical standpoint, we believe that worship, when we talk about worship, we're talking about what happens in the other six days of your week. That's what we're talking about when we talk about worship. 
Worship is partly what's happening here right now at, at 1030 to about 1145. This is worship. But when we talk about worship here in the sense that we rejoice, we live a life that rejoices in this new life that God has given us, we're more concerned about what's happening from your Monday to Saturday, not so much what's happening in this hour on a Sunday morning. See, worship, from a a biblical perspective, again, if I could go to Romans 12 here, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. The word bodies here can be viewed as sort of this all-encompassing thing of your whole life. In other words, as a follower of Jesus, your whole life, every area of your life should speak to the worthiness of God. Every area of your life. So that means your relationships, your decisions, your choices, your words, your thoughts, your behavior, your academics. Your social interactions, all of that should be viewed as an opportunity to point to the worthiness of God. You see, we're not just living life, folks. We're actually called to live a life of worship. That our lives actually reflect the beauty and the majesty of God. And so when people look at your life and the way you live, the way you go about making choices and decisions in your life and how you handle yourself in public, what do they see? Do they, do, they, do they think about the worthiness of God? Do, do they think about the beauty and the matchless wonder of, of who God is? Right? Like, and I realize some people don't think along those lines, but, but you see what I'm saying? A life of worship is a life where we use every opportunity to point to who God is, to how great he is. That's where we value worship Worship is so much more than what we're doing here. Worship is really about how are you living the other six days of your life. And so we value God's word. We value prayer, community, service, worship. And when we build our lives on these five pillars, what you'll find, we believe, is a growing relationship with Christ that produces kingdom builders. Now, let me close out by saying this. In fact, worship team, you guys can make your way up. I realize... This, um, I'm telling you a whole lot about who we are as a church here and who we are as ACF here, but, but can I just make this real quick statement as kind of a closing remark? I do not believe that this is exclusive to our church. When I read scripture and when I study God's word and when I, as, as long as I've been walking with the Lord and processing life with the Lord and, and the church and how the church ought to operate, I believe that every follower of Jesus Every follower of Jesus should be growing in their relationship and should be about the Father's business. Jesus says, hey, listen, what I do here on earth, I only do because I see what the Father does. I'm about his business. And then when he departs this earth and he turns to us as the church, he says, now, now I want you to be about the Father's business. So again, this isn't, this isn't exclusive to ACF or our church or a particular organization. This, I believe, from a biblical perspective, is the mandate of God for all Christ followers that if you follow Jesus, you are about God's business. You are about living your life for the mission of Christ. And the only way that you're going to grow in the mission of Christ is if you grow in relationship with him. 
And for those of us who are like, I, I want to grow, I want to get there. How do I do that? Well, you build your life on these five pillars. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's not anything like crazy, mind-blowing, but it's simple. When we build our lives on God's word, on the foundation of holy living, when we build our lives on prayer, community, service, worship, all of these things, what you're going to find, I promise you, put me to the test. I promise you, you build your lives on these five things, your life will experience spiritual growth. 